Welcome to the sermon podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. To learn more, visit TimberlakeChurch.org. Now get ready for today's message, which we hope will be inspiring as well as challenging. Thanks for joining us. I know the story, but I'm not sure I want to give my life for it. The story begins not in Bethlehem, but in Nazareth, and not with Mary and Joseph, but with two perhaps lesser-known characters, Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, and her husband, Zechariah. And I'd like to tell it to you again today. I don't suppose there's anything I can really add to the Christmas story. Preaching is one of those challenging things at Christmas time because everybody already knows the story. And there's not much way to enhance it or certainly not to improve it. So instead, what if we tell the story through the eyes of some of the people in it, like Mary and Joseph and Zechariah? And I want to invite you to see the story through their eyes today. To notice that the amazing thing about the birth of our Savior is not only that he comes to save us, but that the Lord uses ordinary people like you and me to bring his salvation into the world. Because here are people like Mary and Joseph, heroes of the faith, and yet even they had moments of doubt and moments of hesitation, moments of disbelief. They were not sure whether they wanted to commit their whole lives to this new thing that God was doing, and yet God did it anyway. God did it anyway through all of it. God did what God intended to do, and no scheme of man was going to stop the Lord from accomplishing his purpose on Christmas. And God's purpose on Christmas is to introduce to the world a Savior. As we tell the story from Matthew and from Luke in particular, I want you to notice the transparency with which they tell it, the vulnerability in their writing style, the details that they chose to include, Matthew and Luke are brutally honest about the shortcomings of the people involved, about their doubt, their human frailty. It seems to me that if you were trying to prove something to someone, if you were trying to convince them of the truth of your story, you would make it as tight as possible. You would tell it as clearly as possible with no doubt whatsoever so that your confidence might bleed over into them so that they could also be confident in the story. And yet the Bible does exactly the opposite. Matthew and Luke are gut-wrenchingly honest in their presentation of the events that happened in and around Bethlehem 2,000 years ago which may counterintuitively actually make the story more convincing because all these characters with all their doubts and all their hesitations, we realize they are real, just like us, and the story is real. Which is important if you think about it, friends, because the story is a wild story that we are telling today. The story is that a carpenter and a virgin had a baby And they laid him in a manger, and he was visited by wise men and by shepherds, a story that is so fantastic, so otherworldly, to suggest that God has come to us, and God has become one of us. It seems almost too good to be true. I know the story, 
but I'm not sure I want to give my life for it. And so in this story of all stories, in the mystery of God's love for us, God uses imperfect, doubting people to accomplish his perfect will. God uses people like Mary and Joseph and Zechariah to bring his gift of salvation into the world, which means, which means, and this is where the good news gets really good and really personal for you and for me, what it means, friends, is no matter who you are, you can be part of the story. You who have never believed it, you who have believed it but a long time ago, you who have believed it but only a little, and you who have given your lives completely to be transformed by the truth that is contained in God's Scripture. All of you, all of us, can be part of this story today. Today, the good news of Christmas is that doubt and apathy do not disqualify you. God is delivering his Savior to save you. I know the story, but I'm not sure I want to give my life for it. Well, let's remember it together. Mary's cousin Elizabeth was married to a priest named Zechariah. Now, Elizabeth and Zechariah were getting up there in years, so much so that they had given up on their dream of having a baby. And so one day, Zechariah is in the temple doing his priestly duties, and an angel appears to him. The angel Gabriel came and said, Zechariah, you have been chosen by God. You and your wife Elizabeth are going to have a son, and you are to name him John. And Zechariah didn't know it at the time, but his son would be John the Baptist, the prophet, who would announce the coming of the Messiah. And Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? You see, Zechariah had long given up on his dream of having children. He had planned a new course for his life. He had made other arrangements of how he would spend his last days on this earth. But now things were changing, and it was happening, but not the way he had intended. How can I be sure of this? What do you mean, Zechariah? You're a priest. You're doing your priestly duty. You're in the temple. Not only was he in the temple, friends, he was in the Holy of Holies, which is a sacred space where only one priest gets to go and only one time per year for this sacred duty because it's believed that in the Holy of Holies, this is where God himself dwelt. And an angel comes and appears to him bringing a message from God. And Zechariah, you're still not convinced. Imagine Gabriel's exasperation. Can you put yourself in the shoes of the angel for a moment? What do you mean, brother? What do you mean? How can I be sure of this? I'm an angel. I came from heaven. I had breakfast with God this morning. And he said, yo, go down and tell Zechariah this message. You need more evidence? I know the story, but I'm not sure I want to give my life for it. Zechariah was not convinced, but it's not just Zechariah. We're not picking on Zach, right? A lot of people in the story are unsure about this miracle that is unfolding before them. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the same angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name 
was Mary. I know the story, but I'm not sure I want to give my life for it. The angel said to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And the story says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. In other words, he will be famous. He will have name recognition. He will be known as the Son of God, and everybody far and wide will know this name Jesus such that you who have never even been to this church before, on this day, before you showed up here, you knew the name Jesus. You knew, you had heard the name Jesus, just like the Bible said that you would. He will be great. Everyone will know who he is. I know the story, but I'm not sure I want to give my life for it. The angel delivered the news to Mary, and Mary said, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? So even Mary, the mother of Jesus, she had questions, right? She had reservations. This wasn't what she had been imagining for her life. Can you think about what Mary may have been doing, such as planning a wedding and getting ready for the big day with her fiancé, Joseph, and imagining how her family and Joseph's family were going to come together and start a new family, the things that young couples think about as they're getting ready to get married, and now a divine interruption. How do you respond when the Lord interrupts your life, my friends? How do you respond when God comes in and says, you thought it was going to be like this, but I'm making it like this instead? Well, the angel answered, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, Mary, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And then the angel said this, for no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will ever fail. Friends, do you realize how good this good news is? It means that even when Mary has reservations, even when Zechariah doubts, even when you're not totally sure, even when, yes, you've heard the story, but you're not convinced that you really want to make your life any different because of it, this still holds. No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail, which means, friends, God doesn't need our help for Jesus to be born. Okay, so whatever's on your mind today, of all the things you still have left to do, the cooking and the cleaning and the wrapping, whatever's on your mind of, of family drama and, and, and reconciliation and forgiveness that needs to be done, do not worry and do not fret because God is doing what God wants to do. And what God wants to do is bring a Savior into the world. And how about Joseph? How about the stepfather in the story? How did he receive the news that his fiancée was pregnant? 
The story goes in Matthew, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together. You know what that means, right? Right? Okay. We're not doing sex ed today, right, friends? Okay. Um, Before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And there's how Joseph responds. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Okay, consider from Joseph's point of view. Your fiancé is pregnant, and you know that you're not the father. What do you do? What do you do? Well, Joseph, he's a stand-up guy. He's not going to throw Mary under the bus. He's not going to disgrace her publicly and wave a banner and say, hey, everybody, guess what my fiancé did? No, he cares about Mary. He cares about her reputation. He cares about his own reputation. And so he will divorce her. He will dismiss her. He will break up with her quietly. Um, He's going to do it discreetly uh, because he's not going to stay with Mary, so he thinks, because he does not want his life to be upset and turned around by this baby that he had not planned on having. I know the story but I'm not sure I want to give my life for it. And the story says, but just when Joseph had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Joseph had been unconvinced, Joseph had had doubts. Joseph was uncertain, which makes Joseph the ultimate personification of this idea today. I know the story, but I'm not sure I want to give my life for it. Joseph knew the story, but he was not yet convinced that he wanted to let his life be turned upside down. How reassuring, friends, to know that in the Bible are regular people with regular struggles like you and me who are familiar with the story. They've heard it. They've noticed, perhaps from afar, that God is doing something new. And they had to ask themselves, am I willing to give myself for this or not? And how encouraging to know that in that moment of doubt, in that moment of uncertainty, God comes close. God gives the reassurance. God says, do not worry. I will do this through you, my child. Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What she says is true. Her baby is the Savior of the world. And what did Joseph do? He said, okay. All right, I'm in. I'm in. When Joseph awoke from sleep... He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. Joseph didn't have all the answers, did he? He didn't understand everything that was happening. There's no way Joseph could have predicted how the birth of this child would change not only his life, but the life of every person who ever existed in this world. How could Joseph have known that? And yet he said yes. He gave his life for this story. 
And so in this story of all stories, friends, in the mystery of God's love, notice how God uses imperfect people, people like you and me, people who doubt, people who hesitate to accomplish his perfect will. Which means, and this is where the good news gets really good and really personal, you can be part of the story. You can be part of the story today, friends. You who have never believed it, you who believed it once a long time ago, you who believed it but only a little, you who have given your entire self over to it, you can be part of the story today. Because through it all, God has done what God intended to do. No scheme of man is going to stop him from accomplishing his purposes on Christmas. And on Christmas, God's purpose is to introduce to the world a Savior. I know the story, and I'm inviting you to give your life for it. Would you pray with me, friends? Almighty God, as we have opened your scriptures once more this morning and heard the good news of the birth of your Son, our Savior Jesus, we pray, Lord, that it would fall on receptive ears and that we would have hearts with courage to believe it and that we would have boldness in faith to respond to your good news by giving our life to you who have given your life for us. We remember Father, that your son Jesus not only was born, but that he lived a perfect life with love of his neighbors and obedience to your word, that he died a perfect death on the cross, and that on the third day he was raised from the dead, and so that all of us who believe in his name and trust in him can have salvation forever and ever. Oh God, give us thy gift of salvation today, and we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen.